three, two, one. Ka-chow. That's the famous line that Poe from Kung Fu Panda says when he does the wooshy finger hold. Uh, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. This is Sardonicast. I'm Ralph. Well, I'm, I'm Alex Maichi. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so used to going third, you know. I'm just waiting for you to go in second. Yeah, yeah, figure. yeah. We always get it confused. I stun locked yeah. you. Yeah, it's all right. You wish you held us both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favorite line, Kachow. Such, it's so appropriate in the moment. It isn't skadoosh. No, it's Kachow. Ralph. He's got a few good ones to choose from. <laughs> Kachow, skadoosh. Yeah, when we can do the Cars trilogy. Yeah, wrong trilogy, man. All right, let's uh, <laughs> we'll come back in six hours. <laughs> let's record another episode. Go watch Cars. Yeah, this this is a trilogy episode with three movies. So let's just jump into it. Well, uh, it was my recommendation. This what this is what the uh, if you count the Shrek movies, the the third lot of DreamWorks trilogies we've talked about. And... <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've teased that I wanted to talk about these for a while because I feel like memes aside, like DreamWorks definitely has this reputation for their kind of meme-worthy movies, so Monsters vs. Aliens and the Shrek movies and the Madagascar movies, they got a bit of, of a rep for it, but yeah. hiding in their catalogue, there are kind of some underrated, good-ass movies, like really respectable yeah, animated exactly. movies in there, and my favourite one of the trilogies they have available is Kung Fu Panda. So starting with the first yeah. one, this came out in 2008. Um, it's kind of a, a basic hero's journey story with um, a, a bunch of big famous actors, obviously Jack Black being the leading. And it's it's kind of a nice story that boils down into a bunch of like American animators creating this character who's like a fanboy. And it's like this nice ode to... A nerd. You know, kung fu films yeah he's like a big dork he's a big nerd yeah. and he loves like uh, kung fu and he's yeah it's kind of seems like self-referential he's late for the convention <laughs> yeah. yeah dreamworks has up. some good stuff it's, they're not entirely like you know people shit on them <laughs> but they have some good stuff they have like the how to train your dragon movies and yeah this this is like these are much better than i remember them or at least i think i've seen the first two anyway before this yeah well, they held up well, at least, I feel. Yeah, that's part of it to me, is the the, the kind of name and the posters and the... Yeah, the, the, it, it kind of looks way worse than it is. Yeah, I'll, definitely. I'll, I'll obviously start there. I Like, the, the name, just everything about it, all three of the posters are really bad and, like, extremely simple and looks look dumb and they have that kind of cartoony well not not the car kind of cartoony wordplay you're looking for the kind of groan worthy wordplay where it's like pandemonium on the first one's poster or twice the awesomeness on the second one's poster like really leaning into the kind of worst parts of the movie but obviously the advertising doesn't necessarily speak for what the movies are themselves which i find to be just really solid hero's journey really good action like really fun characters and you sure. know surprising amount going on for like a kids movie for like ideas to get them thinking there's yeah there's there's particular standout characters and really good villains we'll get into but if we're talking about just the first one um, i think it's probably one of the strongest uh like compared to where it goes I, I, i'm torn in my head between one and two and Certain movies have like strengths yeah, over the I other. I definitely like and... two more, I think. But yeah, they're both. Yeah, there are the certain elements I prefer in the good. first one, but 
yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Just to, yeah, just to focus on the first one, yeah. Um, yeah, like a big criticism of all the DreamWorks stuff are like usually the humor, like the pop culture references, they usually go overboard in some movies. There's not really so much like bad comedy in these Kung Fu Panda movies at all. And even the first one, there's there's nothing I thought was like kind of groan worthy. Yeah, it doesn't like pull they stay away the from like musical numbers and that kind of thing. I mean, there is one yeah. like <laughs> at some point, <laughs> but you know, it's it, for the most part, I thought the humor was like actually pretty well integrated into the movie, and like it was more about the story and like Poe's journey. Like, yeah, he had like a good arc, a really good hero's journey. Yeah, it was like you actually like the character of Poe, right? And it balances all these other characters really well in the movie. Um, uh, there's a lot. I don't know, like. I think one of my criticisms would be that, like, some of the, uh, what are they called, the Furious Five or something? Like, some of them mm-hmm. either didn't yeah. need to be in the movie or should have been more developed sort of thing. Like, Seth Rogen, does, like, the, the the entirety of his character is just he has a Seth Rogen <laughs> voice and he's small. Like, yeah, there are other parts in the, in the movie, movie where um, sure, you can hear, like, the kind of cricket sound effects or whatever. It's like, chirp. Or whatever. I would have rather had that mm-hmm. character just only do that and never say anything Seth Rogen like because his character doesn't add anything, right? Yeah. Like if they if they just yeah, kept it as like right. non talking. <laughs> yeah, the Jackie Chan one is like kind of a funny cameo, I guess. That's about it. But yeah, he's barely in them. He, like yeah. he's probably like in the third one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Those characters definitely. I really like the crane. I I like the crane the most. I think out of all of them, and the tiger. Yeah, David Cross. He tries to be nice. And Angelina Jolie is the tiger. Yeah, like those are the best. Yeah, and yeah, like the rest of them, they're more like comedic relief. Uh, his dad is like a really good comedic relief. Poe's dad, yeah, um, <laughs> I like the, the goose, the goose, yeah, yeah. Who, who runs the noodle shop. Yeah, he he's really funny, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things that stands out to me is around this time, I, I feel like DreamWorks was suffering with some uh, really repulsive character designs. We're talking Shark Tale, even like the humans in the Shrek movies, a little bit off, a little bit creepy. They're good at creepy looking stuff. But the, they kind of nailed the art direction here because of course it's set in China. It's like a whole ode and love letter to China, this kind of fictionalized version of it where every, everyone's an animal. But yeah, they really make it work with like the, the different character designs, especially for me standing out is the Uguay. Master Uguay, the the kind of turtle and all the detail they put into like his shakiness and yeah. the way he moves and his dialogue in particular. Every time he is in a scene, he carries it and is way more thoughtful and he, he provides that kind of, he's the wise, knowledgeable character that he kind of gets everything in motion and he has to go early on and it has the emotional beat and just the music of it too and the way it's used with each character and i'm a big fan of the music in this trilogy it's the thing that originally got me into it was uh how good and memorable that music is and how it punctuates especially that action and even the comedy and yeah every element of it works really well in terms of that kind of presentation yeah, yeah i it, if there's one thing that i like about this movie it's that it definitely tries to have a style whether or not it's the uh, intro cinematic sort of thing with the almost like Samurai Jack style animation 2D going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, different styles of animation. The, yeah. Like you said, the music. I don't think the music's perfect throughout or anything. I think that it could have been more impactful in like the uh, Tai Lung escape scene, but I still like that it had a personality. I still like that the music was there and it did something that was n- not exactly traditional to big budget animation kids movies Mm -hmm. and another 
another element that really makes it stand out, and I think this movie would be so much worse without it, is the fact that they actually did competent fight choreography and really fitting cinematography yeah. to go along with it. Like the, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about the yeah, Tai Lung escape yeah, scene, awesome. not only is what is happening physically with the character really cool, but the way that it's shown is super effective. Like the camera following the character along the wall and moving with him and giving the audience like a real sense for how fast things are moving the scale of the place that it's in it's just it's really really well shot in terms of framing and cinematography which you never see really in a kids movie and it makes all the difference especially for a movie that's about kung fu action right yeah yeah there's some really good that's audio design those old as well movies, in that like you said. segment yeah do you remember that? So there's like a bunch of slow mo used in that action scene as well, yeah, which yeah. I found to be something kind of more annoying in the <laughs> in the sequels. But it, it works really well in that scene specifically when it's like sh- it slows down and there's that huge arrow that kind of um, it, it hits into his shackles and there's like this ringing yeah. noise that sounded really great through the through the audio design. It's yeah, that whole part is an audio visual treat with the, that red and blue lighting and. Just yeah, how extreme it goes. It's a really great action. It's a great kung fu movie on its own. Yeah, the action's fucking cool. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, because they it's lean a, into the fact it's, it's cool animated. Like they can yeah, get goofy definitely. with it because it's really slapstick. The rules are. It has rules and it definitely still has tension and stakes. But they they play with it. They they let it go kind of goofy because there is that underlying goofy tone. It's like a it's a big fat panda and that's the ongoing joke because you know, it's falling <laughs> over and it's all slapstick and silly. But yeah, that's part of the charm of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There it's a dumplings. It's a very homage and tropey movie, but it still feels mm-hmm. kind of unique because yeah, it was this was this was also like really early not like incredibly early, but still I guess like at the somewhere in the peak of like this we're doing kind of adulty DreamWorks animation things where you know, it's a kids movie, but there's jokes for adults too, and you're not miserable if you bring your child there. They were trying out a b- yeah, bunch yeah. of different things. Yeah, House Chain of Dragon, yeah, a bit more sort of tweeny. Yeah, like this is definitely one of these standout uh, additions to the genre. <laughs> if you'd call it a genre, <laughs> it is kind of a genre. That's DreamWorks kind of we're making jokes <laughs> movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like it's it's the a necessary mature, answer yeah. to like uh, older kids like maybe. Disney fairy tale movies, where it's like, okay, no, we're making kind yeah. of like a comedy, right? A little more contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's just an homage to those old kung fu movies, mostly. Yeah, I um, I'm not too huge on Uguay's, uh spoilers. Uguay's turn into flowers scene. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, really, I like the music. Like From the moment I first watched the movie, like, even when I, I don't remember how old I was, what was I, fifteen or something? I don't know. Like, it always felt just so out of nowhere. Where it's, he's just like, "I'm dying now. Goodbye." I was like, fuck, I wish, like, I almost wish that we got, like, a real death scene, but then it's like, oh, it's a kid's movie, you can't do that. Not mm-hmm. like I needed to see yeah. graphic violence or anything, but <laughs> it was just he turned into flowers, and it, it's like he consciously decided, like, okay, this is my this is my cue here, I, I'm gonna go. It was just that perfect yeah. manipulative point in the story where he was like, ah, I'm leaving, and... That was just like, yeah, the mechanics of the script, like you had to go because yeah, you could at like, that just moment. the villain otherwise. Yeah, sure. that was always kind of like goofy to me, but 
I love the character, like you said, and exactly, uh, you're exactly right about the animation, like the shakiness of the character. It adds a lot of personality. The way that characters move is very important for animation. Yeah, lots of good pairings, like all the expressive, like like a the bird movement contrasted to um, what's the other master's name? Who's like a little, he's like a little fox thing. Who's like really scrappy in comparison, and just visually watching them play off like the she big chunky Poe character. Yeah, Shifu, like training against him. And Mr. Shifu. Yeah. Shifu's the, the a good character. They get out of it. It's yeah, yeah. The, there's like lots of like kind of Star Warsy stuff going on, like with mm-hmm. Uguay just turning into like disappearing, and the whole like focus on the the mastering and the training, and obviously that's inherent in all the kung fu movies as well. But yeah, I find that stuff really endearing and. Is explored in a sure it is in yeah. a satisfying way, and uh, the universe gets better as the trilogy goes on. To me, like it feels like they they were sincere about it, they cared about it. This isn't no B movie, Monsters vs. Aliens. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, this is just a <laughs> yeah, throwaway. All that matters really. is the jokes. They seemed like they felt like they had something here, and they kind of leaned into it. And it, I think, it works better emotionally as a as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story is actually interesting. It has the element of like the training. You know, he's actually training. Those are some of the most entertaining parts of the movie. You know, like every training sequence, basically, Shifu, like even just like the dumpling one where they were like fighting over the dumpling. Like, yeah, yeah it was like a, its own little kung fu action scene, but you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no yeah. fighting. But. Yeah. It was like a fucking Stephen Chow thing, you know? Yeah, just as complicated yeah, yeah. in terms of the animation, you know, mm-hmm. like really fast and fun you know that's everything in the movie it's very energetic it has a it has a great energy and a pace yeah they're all super short like this movie's only 90 minutes that's great that's a it works in its yeah, favor i think anything. they're all the perfect like length they're all just like 90 yeah, minutes pretty much super the short and fun you wouldn't want any more from this they kind of stretch it just about yeah. as far as they can it's like especially if you're talking about like as far as the trilogy is concerned i feel like even though they leave the second one kind of on a cliffhanger the <laughs> They're struggling for ideas by the time they get to the third a bit more. But. Mm-hmm. Sure. The the story in this one, I think, is the tightest for me. Everything about it seems like it serves a purpose. I like that, you know, the fact that he's a panda, he's fat, the food thing, and his heritage at the noodle place like and how he eats everything. That <laughs> it just it turns into his combat style. And if, you know, yeah. if if you know kung fu and uh martial arts you know kind of uh, asian martial arts stuff it's like they really like the idea of having like a fighting style a fighting technique that is suited towards like an individual like that's a good kind of um like almost kind of tropey thing to put in a film and it works well for the character and it works well for what the movie is i love the motivation of the villain and thus the motivation of master shifu I think probably the most emotional core part of the movie for me is the flashback sequence where we learned that he had trained him to thinking that he was would be the dragon master. Uh, and then Uguay was like, nah, sh- fuck that shit. And he, I don't like him. <laughs> you could see his mm-hmm. his evil motivations or something. And then yeah, yeah. Just, I, I like the idea of like the betrayal of uh, Master Shifu from Tai Lung and you know, him having to fight his own son in the conflicts, you know, because he loved him and raised him, but just that sort of internal struggle I, I connected with. Yeah. Sure. Nick, There's yeah, a lot of good themes in it. And like, 
Yeah, morals, right? The whole idea of like at the end, there's no secret ingredient. Like, you know, there's nothing about him that makes him special. He just he worked hard, and he he it eventually became the Dragon Warrior, right? And it's nah, like it's just water to keep him kids. Mm-hmm. It was inside you the whole time. <laughs> well, you can do anything. <laughs> like even to you know, you can do anything as long as you work hard and you, you know yeah, he did. Michael Jordan's secret. Yeah, news. I like where that goes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You can't bring up Space Jam, man. It's just too distracting. I, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sad. <laughs> Is that what that's from? I don't even know. Yes. Yeah. The Michael Jordan. Space Jam was a while juice. ago. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like, yeah, this uh, Kung Fu Panda, it's short and sweet. Uh, one thing that we didn't really mention, well, I guess we kind of mentioned, but uh, the composers were, was a combo of Hans Zimmer and John Powell. Which I think was really cool. Yeah, I think they worked well together. Yeah. Better, better combo than Hans Zimmer for all Williams. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a given. <laughs> that yeah, that might be the worst combo. Some really good DreamWorks stuff. <laughs> and like the whole Lion King 2019 soundtrack <laughs> was another <laughs> of that. That was duo. Hans Zimmer too. Hans yeah. Zimmer, Pharrell Williams. He reprised it. He came to fix it. He came back to fix Again, it. Again, fucking know? legendary composer. Yeah. But <laughs> literally, yeah, great, great scores we got. We had Michael Clark Duncan in the movie. Yeah, that's right. He's like the Rip. Rhino. Yeah, he was. He was good. Yeah, I love him. Lucy Liu. Oh yeah, snake. Lucy Liu. That's another character I just completely forgot. So yeah, Serpent, Mantis. And to some extent, monkey can all just fuck Ballistic off. X versus Sever. <laughs> Crane and Tigress are like the only two real characters out of the Furious Five. The rest of them can fuck off. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. They all seem like they had yeah. the designs first, really, like, based off the like fighting style. What's your and... least favorite character, Ralph? Um, I don't know. I didn't think about that. None of them. None of <laughs> them grind your gears. The bad guy. Ah, the bad guy because he's evil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he wants to kill okay. everyone. So okay. yeah, I love Thailand. The bad guy's well written. Yeah, it's like a decent bad guy. Yeah, as far as casting, it was just Seth Rogen that pulled me out. I was like, I was waiting. Yeah. I was saying to myself, hey, at least he hasn't done like the laugh. Like, at least he's not here just to do the. And then he like like two minutes later <laughs> just did the laugh. So Is he in any other DreamWorks movies? I feel like. I yeah, he's in the Monsters vs. Aliens. He's like a. Blue oh, that's blob. right. He's the blob. Yeah, that's oh, right. Wow. How could I forget? Yep, Seth Rogen is definitely yeah, in the club. The least, <laughs> like the least interesting and the least funny addition to the whole movie. It's like even Lucy yeah. Liu being there is kind of like a more interesting. We're cameo. Shitting all over Seth Rogen. Well, Seth Rogen oh, yeah, doesn't need to be way in more it. Sense. Fuck Seth Rogen. Yeah, bring in another like fucking action star or something. I don't know. Jason Statham would have been better as fucking Mantis. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, true. Bit of a rugged voice there, not necessarily just oh, oh, smoke weed. Jackie Chan needed to be in it a little bit more. Yeah, he didn't really have many lines. Mm-hmm. But I think he had like three lines. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah, the at the one. same <laughs> time, I don't know how much Jackie Chan is recognized as a voice actor, but true. sure. But they kind I mean, of prioritized Joe Lee. I think a little bit in the movie. Yeah, give him some, give him some mocap. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay. I feel like I don't have a ton to say about it. It's but it's a good like solid animated. It's movie. solid. Yeah, it's solid, <laughs> like a brick yeah. house. Yeah, super solid. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, like I guess really, better as a good really tight. Too. That's liquid. a good word for it. Tight, <laughs> tight, tight. But it's really it's like a super yeah tight film. Like mm-hmm. really yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
inoffensive. Yeah, I'll probably watch it again at some point. Okay. Let's move on to Kung Fu Panda 2 then. But we didn't give our ratings. Oh, good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do yeah, we Alex, give Kung Fu Panda 1 then? Yeah, I want to hear what you rated. I really like the first movie a lot. I would give it four stars. I think for what it is, it's everything it needs to be. The action goes above and beyond. It holds up really well for 2008. Like 3D animation is obviously the most aged out of the three. It's the old shot here and there that you just think, yeah, that could definitely be improved like big time with the technology, but overall it, 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 the writing holds up, the, the humor's pretty good all the way through. It's just really solid. Um, but I just prefer what has come next. So, full star. I, I feel like I'm right there with you, Alex, in terms of the rating. Cool. Is it as good as How to Train Your Dragon? I don't know. I'd have to watch How to Train Your Dragon again. I like this better than How to Train Your Dragon. You do? Oh, okay. I feel like I remember that one more. I don't like How to Train Your Dragon very much. I think it's fucking stupid. Ooh, all right. You're gonna get oh, shit really? for that. <laughs> I think it's awful, yeah. How to Train Dragon. The, the first, really, the, you think it's awful? It's just a fucking dog. One, they're just good. doing, it's a dragon, but it's a dog. And it, the entire film relies on you That being, makes it a terrible The movie. entire <laughs> film relies <laughs> on you going, aw, and that's it. That's the sure. entire movie. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> that's the, if you don't find the dragon cute, then there's nothing for you in the film. The film doesn't work unless you're going, oh, that's the, that, it's a you prerequisite. Do, you do have to love that thing. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> the prerequisite for the work. film working, which is like just such a, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, seven out of 10 for Kung Fu Panda. Good movie. Okay. So moving into Kung Fu Panda 2, which is 2011, um, directed by Jennifer U. Nelson. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a follow-up to the first movie where it's um it's about inner peace. He, he's trying to find he's trying to find what where in his life it's gone wrong. What what he needs to come to terms with in order to progress as a protagonist. Um the the yin and yang kind of framing is through this this new villain character, Peacock, who um he's the intro of this one. He gets a it's kind of like a paper crafts intro that's all like a, an animated sequence to get the family dynamics going and establish the conflict of this. Yeah, the peacock parents invented fireworks, but his son saw like an ulterior use for them. So there's this whole uh, inventing weaponry in early China kind of thing going on with the villain, which is cool to go up against Kung Fu. Um, yeah, so yeah. what do we think cool. of the sequel? Because I, I think yeah. this movie... It's kind of just a better version of the first movie. I I, I like that the whole hero's journey stuffs uh, dealt with, and there's there's something else going on. It's more personal. I like the whole uh, the villain of the first movie, but it, it doesn't connect as much with with Poe directly. Um, sure, I, I I really like this movie too. I like the story. I like that it's darker. I'm surprised no one's mentioned yet. That Charlie Kaufman was like involved with like yeah. <laughs> I think I think he at least helped on like polish up the script yeah he know? definitely did something it used to, to be it. called like kung fu panda the kaboom of doom yeah this is this yeah. is a prequel to synecdoche new york actually <laughs> yeah yeah i there are a few big names that are kind of attached to these movies like Guillermo del toro's in the credits too this is a producer and it's it's hard to know what really that means at the end of the day like a, how much like hoffman <laughs> like what he yeah. wrote is left in here but it's it's surprisingly thoughtful for um one of these kinds of movies mm -hmm. with the whole inner peace angle and just 
perfect inverted characters that and just through the conflict like what they learn from each other and especially the villain i feel like this out of this trilogy they each try to establish a really strong villain and this is is the villain for the for the Poe character, the the perfect character for him to face, because he is just totally inverse to him. Yeah, his, sure. I really his like motivation the is coming from his fear of of the future, and and Jack Black's character learns to overcome through his kind of overcoming of the past, and they're totally each other's odds. Like, it sounds yeah. like you're <laughs> you're disagreeing. I'm just no, you're right you're now. you're both saying everything I've ever heard about this movie and everybody I know personally is just like yeah the villain it's so much better and I just I don't understand I'm like struggling to come to terms with with just how much I don't connect with this movie I really just nothing the only thing right, that okay. was better about this one for me is like the animation quality um the animation you don't like the improved. the design of the villain I mean the, yeah, the, the fact that it's you like a peacock like is like, like kind feathers. of interesting. Yeah. But and, I mean, and like knives come out of his feathers and like yeah, how that's used in the animation, the fight sequences. I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. He has like one of the strongest action scenes in the movie. Lord Chen, yeah, played by Gary Old. Yeah, I thought yeah, his voice acting action. was pretty good too. Yeah, there's some cool action. It's such a complex. I mean, it really leans model. into like the kung fu aspect of it. Like, it really becomes like a like almost a really dark action movie. I mean, as far as you can go with like this kind of movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> the DreamWorks movie still. But yeah, it's like super. It was really cool. Like, I liked all that stuff with the villain. I mean, it's it's flashy, like in in the sense of like yeah, the feathers are doing things, and that's it's fun on the screen and kind of like a. I don't know, ADHD thing almost, in my opinion. But I never feel intimidated <laughs> Wait, by oh, the villain. I never feel on. like the villain is posing any kind of a threat, especially when the villain's main thing is like a big cannon that you can literally just walk out of the way of at any point in time. Like, that's the that's the villain's thing, is just having a big cannon, and nobody decides to get out of the way <laughs> except for parts in the story where they go, oh, and then they realize they can at like the dramatic moment where it's it's required but every other point they forget that they can just take a step to the side like that's just, it's ridiculous i can't get behind <laughs> the villain at all i can't like i don't really understand really? yeah i i don't I, like I, I i was telling you how much i connected with the motivations of the of both the villain and the master shifu uh conflict in the first movie I don't get anything like that in this movie. Like, there's the intro, and it's basically like, oh, my family did fireworks. And I was like, yo, did you know you could use fireworks to kill people? And they were like, that's bad. And so they're like, oh, I want to take over the world now because they're angry at me for being evil. And I just, Wait, I don't get anything no, out of that. to take over it's the so world because of the Sacia character, right? Sorry? So he's, the, the Sacia predicts his future, saying he'll be, he'll, his downfall will be through a, a, a a warrior of black and white or something yeah um and it's it's the ultimate fable of it of basically him just causing his own downfall if if he didn't follow through on the sacer well i mean like that was the that was the first movie because like <laughs> i mean like would would uh, tai lung have done all those things if fucking uh, master ugwe didn't uh, reject him or you know, like, everybody is a part of their own destiny. Like, that was already kind of, like, a theme in the first movie. Like, the entire escape scene of Tai Lung wouldn't have happened if Ugwe didn't warn Shifu about Tai Lung escaping. Like, that that was entirely set in motion by Ugwe 
as and so they were already kind of incorporating that idea of like oh like is this a self-fulfilling prophecy like i didn't get anything new out of the second movie with them doing that i don't know yeah i guess i wouldn't say it, it is definitely treading familiar ground with that stuff but i i just prefer the way it's explored here i prefer yeah. that character design i prefer yeah the, the way it comes out in the action too like ralph you said which were you um pointing to and you said he's part of the one of the best action scenes in the movie is it his like assault on the tower he's got like a yeah it's like early in the film it's yeah like the he's first got like a quick fight yeah. with that rhino and um yeah like another that character that's it. it's like really right. quick and you described it as what's kind of adhd but that's what i like about it is just how quick it's able to move but without yeah. without any cuts and keeping long. keeping it's it like wide you get to see all that action yeah, yeah it, it doesn't get lost in it to me which i think is yeah. such an achievement with how complex that character design is and yeah just the, the restraint they of, of the way they use him i just i never once felt intimidated by the villain and that's a problem for me it's like if, if i'm supposed to feel as though they're a villain and <laughs> that they're going that they're capable of you know doing damage to the main characters or the universe i just didn't understand yeah, why it, it was like oh the story is telling me that they're dangerous but i didn't i didn't feel that they're dangerous like they're scrawny <laughs> their weapons stupid <laughs> Like I can't. You can stop the cannon by getting out of the way. <laughs> Sorry, it's more the fear of the technology, though, right? That's that's what makes him like scary sure. as a villain. Yeah. Is that yeah? yeah. If it was the, like the a new technology, <laughs> or like an AK, the, the valley. Yeah. But what about like the whole action scene where they have like cannons lined up and it destroys the whole tower? It was just so silly. I couldn't get behind it. <laughs> I was just it. It was just one of those things where, like, especially like Poe, I'm just like, get out of the way. And then eventually he learns how to get out of the way, but there's nothing that really initiates that. He just like, oh, we're at the point in the story where I can realize I can get out of the way now. <laughs> well, he has his his flashback. The flashback like version in this movie is the that whole two D animated sequence with the the panda town being attacked by the whole the whole army and that mm -hmm. that commitment to that like genocide angle is it's pretty surprising from this movie and that's always been something that's drawn me more to this just how they're willing yeah. to commit to the kind of darker stuff that does make that villain more intimidating to me because he is he's kind mm -hmm. of deranged like he, he commits genocide in the opening and then he's like talking about he's like projecting onto poe like and see and saying like your, your parents never loved you and stuff like this and it's like pretty yeah pretty heavy concepts to be throwing around in like a kung fu panda <laughs> definitely movie. definitely heavy yeah the 2d animation is good yes yeah, it's, it's all it's awesome like how it's yeah, used really incorporated in the movie yeah it's like that was like the emotional core of the movie like he was trying to go for something like pixar i don't know if it's quite as like Pulls at my heartstrings that much. I don't think it's as emotional as a Pixar movie, but you know, it almost got there with like that scene. The three yeah. D animation was definitely improved. I I didn't the the two D animation sequences. Yeah, that too. I, I didn't feel were worked as well as the first film. I don't know what it is about them. I'd have to like compare them side by side. I like the two D. They felt and a bit more 3D. clunky. I like how it's used. It's just used for the flashbacks and and like you know telling the story at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, they also right? just felt like a bit more obligatory. I thought it was good. I like the I like the use of color. I think like that's really good in these movies and it's like mm -hmm. scenes of like you like very heavy like contrasted colors like for the lighting. It's, it's cool. It's like a cool effect. I think. So, um, can we talk about like the villain's motivation? Can you describe it in a way that like might make me feel like it 
it's all right. Like I, I don't. It's just I get the <laughs> the whole just evil because they're evil vibe in this one, but in the first movie, it was like there was there was like a, a gigantic justification for like how he was raised and stuff. Right. That's I really connected with that. But I, I just is there anything in this movie that describes why they're evil other than they're just like, oh, I wanted to use fireworks for weapon and my parents didn't like that. That's it. Well, he's just operating under this fear of losing his power, right? That's it's just him reacting to the safety yeah, sure. and creating the okay. situation for himself. Um, no, but like, why he's like a power-hungry, evil person in the first place? Oh, right. Uh, no, I guess it doesn't yeah. go that deep in terms of like why he wants to commit genocide. Yeah, I don't know. Intro, I, you know. I'm not trying to like. I'm I'm glad you're both able to connect with it a lot. Just so much of this film felt like obligatory. You know, it just felt like we're going through a lot of the same beats again, and we are doing these. You know, we we have this character because this is necessary. This character because this is necessary. But it wasn't really. It didn't feel as organic. You know, it didn't feel as like purposeful. It just everything just felt like oh we're we kind of have to do this sort of thing. I don't know. I didn't like. I wasn't connecting with like the jokes, or I can't think of like a really good joke in this I, movie. I like the humor in this movie. I feel like it's, it's like a little more subtle. Again, it's going for a darker tone. Like I feel the Charlie Kaufman influence in it. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be called like I, I think I said before. Like the the title of it is like Kaboom of Doom or something stupid like that. <laughs> like Kung Fu Panda <laughs> Two. Like that's much better. I think that poster, like just the title, much better. And it feels like a continuation. You know, like you learn about. Poe and like he wants to find out where he really came from and you know it's funny in the first one like it really his dad's a goose like he can't really be a goose like where's mm-hmm. his panda dad you know <laughs> and then like even if, there's a joke in this movie about it too like that it's a good way to take his character and like that you discover it over two movies too like I, I really like that you know I thought, like, I thought um, it, like, it was setup. so funny At the end in of the first movie, movie like and then they just over explained it <laughs> Overexplain, I don't know, but if you want to make a sequel, you need to do something interesting, right? You need to like explore the characters in some way. Yeah, but this one is you know, just like a little. They too could have obvious. taken it a different way, sure, but you know, I like the way they took it. I think that's differently. Yeah, you know, that like seems a like big a gap theme of all these. Into. Yeah, all three of these movies have this theme of like mentorship or like almost fatherhood. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> especially the third. The movie, reason you know? why the joke even was so funny too, in the first know? movie is because they didn't address it, <laughs> you know, because that was that was a part of yeah. the misdirection is you think that he's going to say, oh, you're adopted. But he he doesn't say that he, he'd said another line. Right. That's that's what made the joke work well in the first movie is because it wasn't acknowledged. And then the first thing they do in the sequel is like, OK, we're going to make the entire sure. plot about this, you know, Recon it. <laughs> it's like it's such a sequel thing to do, like leave no stone unturned sort of thing. Yeah, the way they took it, yeah, I thought it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch to me though. If like that's who know, knows where he came from, it's like if if he's his father figure, he has to have like started at some point being his father figure. So that doesn't that doesn't seem like a stretch to me for that mm-hmm. information to come from him and mm-hmm. for the to lean into that whole joke because it is a funny joke. It's one of the funnier like gags in the movies that it just continues and. <laughs> That they're, yeah. they're playing it so straight, so serious with this like goose father with like all the musical beats and everything, and his dad's like still really passionate about him. That's one of the funnier jokes to me. Just mm-hmm. like the, the yeah, commitment exactly. to the absurdity. That's that's what I like about Kung Fu Panda is whenever they do that, while at the same time having this like villain who's committing genocide and is a you know like a threat to the whole world and is like a tyrant. Like I think that's that's fun. They're able to make the, both work. There was a part near the beginning where they made a joke, but it was like almost at the expense of 
of like the first movie's plot or Master Shifu's like Poe the day you're chosen as a dragon warrior was the worst day of my life so far <laughs> but yeah. like we saw what about when your son tried to kill you or when you had tried had to kill like help kill your own son <laughs> it's like what mm-hmm like I, don't know. Gag, I, I know it's yeah. like the gag shouldn't come at the expense of like the universe is what i'm saying yeah yeah i agree with that one it's like it's like a late simpsons joke you know mm-hmm. like nobody cares it's anymore late simpsons show yeah like after <laughs> season 15 <laughs> yeah <laughs> some of these criticisms i agree with yeah i don't think it's perfect you know i don't think it's as good as like some of pixar's best movies like that's how i feel anyway mm-hmm. yeah i really connect with the story on this one yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, and I, I just appreciate the, just the main arc of of Poe and how it contrasts with the villain. I just think it's really well done, and having, like, the villain killed by his own creation. I like that detail in the final fight with Poe. Like, he's doesn't actually hit him once. Like, he's he just dodges out of the way. So, Shem winds up killing himself, like reinforcing his whole. Like prophetic angle and how he's just made it all happen to himself, and he pulls this expression when the his weapon comes and like falls down on him and completes him and it's well, finishes him off it kills him um and he has like it's like the one time he shows any kind of peace or like he's come to accept his own fate when he's always like fighting his this future that he's just made exist for himself i just think it's surprisingly thought-provoking for a movie like this sure yeah it is <laughs> Steve, and that man. just that gary oldman performance too i think Without him, they would have struggled to characterize him as strong as they do. But that performance, they're just able to bring so much like passion into that animation. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It just comes together really well. Yeah, that's memorable. Super, super expressive villain. Yeah, good, good performance for the villain for sure. I, I don't think that there's like a single scene or sequence in this film that matches the cinematography of some of the scenes in the first film. You know, when I was talking about like how the camera follows the the action, especially in the Tai Lung escape sequence, like just the way that things are shot, like I never got that in this movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like that's such an important aspect. It just wasn't there. See, I, I think I think generally I prefer the action in the uh in the second movie. That I do think that that bridge in the in the first movie is like a standout action scene with the like Furious Five versus Lang, mm-hmm. that like as as far as like peak action to me, um, outside of that prison escape, that's like a, those are the two from that movie. Whereas I do like the whole like boat siege at the end with the coming right after the reveal of the the kind of emotional gut punch of his uh, backstory reve- being revealed of like what happened to his parents and them actually like committing to. Like his family being destroyed and where that takes him next and the way it's like edited and the the kind of crescendo, the build up to the way that, that final action scene kind of comes together. I like that more than the way that first movie comes together where the once Poe kind of figures out and has to win, it, it makes the villain more of like a joke. It, it takes away all that fear you've built up in with him, like in that final conflict and when Poe's like throwing him into the air and slamming him into the ground and leaving like cartoonish holes where he was, like I just think where they they take the villain in two is just way more 
way darker, way more serious, and that they treat it seriously the whole time. And his uh, character, yeah, I think, I think it's sillier. To <laughs> yeah, just, with every like eventually though. invent the idea of getting out of the way of the. <laughs> it's just moving. To the All side. right, I think that's so much sillier. <laughs> I've never intimidated by like the entire fucking film. I think it's just it's I I don't understand why characters don't know how to just step to the side until the end of the I movie. I see it more as like it, it's him in, it's them beating the technology in that moment. Like if if he's able to redirect like the power, it's more of like a visual like representation of him overcoming his past, and yeah. so he's able to you know it gets. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I re-experienced it just to remember that I don't like it. But <laughs> five out of ten for me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised you didn't like it more because you know the Charlie Kaufman influence on the script. No, I didn't really. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I say, it's I, just hard I, to the name's point. there. I I don't really feel that watching it though. Yeah, he just polished it up, but you know, the, like I feel it is thoughtful. I like. Poe finding inner peace and there's a lot of like um callbacks I guess it's good I'd probably give it the same yeah I don't know what you'd rate it Alex I'd probably give it the like the same as the first one like 8 out of 10 is what I'm thinking right now yeah I'd, I'd get I like this higher this Madagascar. is like a, like a 9 for me um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I get that yeah I just think once the once the intro is done that first 5 minutes once the setup's done it's just non-stop like a, that pacing it's like fire it, it just really works for me the way the way it builds and the way just the, the yin and yang story like builds up and that action too and it is it is kind of funny like looking at it under the the lens of this was around that time they were really trying to push the 3d in the dreamworks mm -hmm. movies so you, and you can see it in so in like certain shots where they've yeah I did notice framed that. it yeah. around that um like I kind of like it in certain shots it, it seems like they're playing with the the composition in a specific way to like draw your eye to certain po points to enhance that 3D and I suppose that could be distracting but I don't really mind how that like comes together for me yeah they were throwing a lot of stuff at you <laughs> for like shots like that. I thought the movie looked great, yeah. I think the animation's slightly better than the first one. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because the way it's designed, I feel like the hair is like more detailed. Like I was trying to pick up on things like that, like yeah. on the tiger, like just the yeah. way, yeah, like the way light bounces off hair and stuff like that. Just yeah, that kind of technology just improves. Sure, so much. just a little more elaborate, right? But you know, yeah, the yeah. designs, everything are very simple. It's kind of like the DreamWorks style, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I, I really like the design of the villain and like a lot of what they did with that villain. I think he's probably my favorite one of the three. Like I like the first villain too, though. Yeah, like that action scene on the bridge is great in the first one. Yeah, like that's probably like the best action scene, the most memorable. Uh, but yeah, he, the peacock and this is cool. <laughs> Do either of you feel like they kind of had to gimp Poe for this movie because he was like, like he learned how to fight. And became like an expert and was like, oh, I just have to incorporate food by the end of the first movie. But then in order for them to have like, oh, silly training scene with Tigris and Poe, they kind of have to like make him forget how to fight again. Like, is that not kind of weird? You think it's like a Matrix situation. You've got to take him down a notch in the sequels. Well, yeah, I mean, like the, 
they they're kind of just yeah undoing sure. things that were already established. That's kind of how it felt <laughs> to me, anyway. Like, oh, now he has to be weak again. Like, so many of the fight scenes re- re- revolved around being like silly, right? Whereas, like, I loved so much about the fight scenes in the first movie. You know, the creativity and the camera work, the sound design, you know, the choreography. But in this film, it was just like, oh, the jokes are in here. And that's what it felt like the priority was. But the jokes weren't even that funny. But anyway, five out of ten. I will agree the action leans way more. What you're saying about the second one is how I feel about the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the jokes and like how they're incorporated look so much better than the second one. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I prefer the second two. <laughs> yeah. It's like total opposite for me. <laughs> You're all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm never going to watch it again. So, Time for the trilogy to wrap up with Kung Fu Panda 3. 2016, five years after the second one. Um, slightly different director combo this time. It's back to being two directors. I didn't mention the first one was two. Mark Osborne, John Stevenson. But Jennifer U. Nelson returned for three alongside Alessandro Carloni. To wrap up the trilogy, uh, I mentioned at the end of Kung Fu Panda 2, there's a tease that the Panda Village is is out there somewhere, um, which gives yeah. the jumping off point for three, where Poe's dad shows up, Brian Cranston shows up, and uh, <laughs> Your voice uh, by has Brian some Cranston. secrets to fun. reveal. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the second one, like when they were showing him, like that's not Brian Cranston, is it? Because <laughs> you know his dad's in the second one for a little bit, like a very yeah, you get small a little brief amount. like cameo. Yeah, but in this well, one, he's like remember. Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they, you know, they didn't really give the dad like a character in that one because they didn't have time. Like, there's a ton of other things going on. So now, like this one, they actually molded more of a character for him. Like the dad is, yeah, he's like back in town, to, or he's never been in the town, but he's in town to just find his son yeah they meet like the dumpling house yeah and, they, and it's about like the two dads like <laughs> arguing over how much time like they should spend with poe and i don't know i thought that angle was probably the strongest part of the movie like the, the fatherhood aspect of it um a lot like um the indiana jones movie the third one <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever it was yeah yeah it that that's one. like a, it's a good like emotional core for this story too I thought that really worked about it. Yeah, I was concerned that going to this like panda village could like undo the <laughs> intensity of what they set up in two in terms of like that whole village. Yeah, being attacked it's such and... a big part of two is like him finding his childhood or like rediscovering like what happened to his parents. Yeah, you yeah, know? they do commit, and his his mum still stays. Uh, oh yeah, stays gone, whereas the dad doesn't. Yeah, the peacock guy, the villain. Yeah, again, like he killed the, his mom, like. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, it's... I don't know, I'm, I'm torn in this movie. I feel like, as as you were saying, Adam, with the, by the end of that second one, they are kind of already repeating things and they're kind of struggling in terms of like what yeah. to make Poe Going through next. the motions. Doing, repeating the hero's yeah. journey. I, I feel um, it in this one more, though, in the third one. And it's kind <laughs> of a, a DreamWorks trope also to do the, like... Oh, the missing parents, like uh, one of the parents or both of the parents uh, weren't in the previous movies, but now they've been found or they've come back. Like the House Training Dragon <laughs> franchise yeah. did the same Leave thing. Leave no stone unturned. 
Yeah, so it seems like they're pulling out their box of trailers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember the trailer of, like, the third one, right? Like, they mm-hmm. find her, her mom or his mom or something. Like, yeah. One of them. <laughs> yeah. So they do it with here. Yeah. Yeah, so when you already have the tropes. It is really kind of an incredibly lazy way to take a story, isn't it? At this point, especially for, like, a kid's sequel thing, <laughs> like... How many times has that been done? That seems like the most one of the most obvious lazy things. Yeah, ever. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what happened in is much worse me? With those. Like the third one, he finds his twin brother. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, that's the same dumb. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his exactly, twin brother. Exactly. You know, here it feels again like I I like that in the first one. It's his his father is a goose, so they have to like they didn't have to explain it, but they chose to go that way, and they had to commit, right? They had to tell uh, a story with that, and. You know, it wouldn't have really fit in the second one. That was one of the nicer things about part two as well, was the, like, I liked the way the, like, fatherhood aspect was explored, and he, like, comes to embrace his goose dad by the end, like, you know, learning that to not be defined only by his past, and that he's, if he lives in the present, he can, you know, accept what, what he does have, which is a family, which is his goose dad. Whereas, it, yeah, it feels familiar to, to like, oh, Brian Cranston's here now. Now we can do the like dad conflict thing and make the dad jokes because everyone in the audience is going to like that. Or the parents that have been dragged into it. <laughs> yeah. It's like something they'll enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I-, I can just handle Poe when he's the only panda and that kind of repetitive humor that's all based around him. Like, hey, he's fat and lazy. But that's only mm-hmm. funny when it's contrasted against like the total opposite. So taking him to a village of like just hundreds of Poes. Um, it's not really my <laughs> they're all like the same joke yeah the whole yeah. panda village thing is something that could really fall flat like that's a i think that's like a big risk um and i feel like they did redesign it a bit from like what they showed in the second one just from like that brief image it's like they're like in the mountains mm-hmm. somewhere in the snow but you know like it actually kind of worked for the most part i think like the panda village there's a, they introduce a lot of characters there and some of them are there for like little jokes but some of them are there a bit too long and it got kind of annoying. There's like the girl panda is like like a love interest for Poe, I think. They they yeah, were trying to do it so point. To be. Yeah, that was kind of just weird and like she was in the movie too much. It was kinda of necessary. I get what they were trying to do. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah, about. at the end of the movie, she like uses her ribbons to like stop the villain, right? They all have their thing that yeah, they that used was to help Poe at the end. It's kind of a necessary. Yeah, she used and her ribbons to like stop the some of them rolled over. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, she was like mostly unnecessary and you know, like that was just like a weird scene with like <laughs> she's dancing with Poe in the ribbons. I don't know. I, I like that all the pandas helped him at the end. I, I feel like that's what the movie was about, like you know, the family and teamwork, their family, like the, you know, Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. We're family. Like now, now we can make <laughs> it's kind of like that sort of kind of story. Next, yeah. next place to take his character. Except better done than Fast and Furious at this point. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't take too much. I thought that the jokes in this film were like mildly funnier than the second one, honestly. I thought that sure. the humor worked You know what? Better. I got the sense. Yeah, uh-huh. I got the sense that this was definitely like. Yeah. It was going much more for a comedic tone than the second one was. It was yeah. like going more goofy, Fucking I think. Master Which works Chicken, for it, I think. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I like the Master Chicken. There were like a lot more jokes. It was more lighter. I think it was much lighter. Yeah, that's part of also 
what I didn't like as much, whereas in that first and second movie, it, there are scenes where it's like, wow, this is surprisingly working on like a character level. They're getting like emotional weight out yeah, of this. Yeah, this one's just um, Yeah, really, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like the villain, his whole thing is that he's a joke. <laughs> I barely remember the villain. It was J.K. Simmons, right? <laughs> yeah, J.K. Yeah. Simmons. Yeah. yeah, he's like a big ox. Yeah, what the fuck? The yeah, Le- easily the least memorable villain for sure. Sure, that's how I feel. Like the second mm-hmm. I looked up, it was J.K. Simmons. I'm like, oh yeah, I can hear the voice. Yeah, like, Gary Oldman put on far more of a performance. I feel like I thought he was yeah, really good. I feel like the first two villains, even in the first movie, I feel like those are better villains. This is the, the second movie. DreamWorks trilogy where Brian Cranston shows up in the third movie. You're right. That's funny. Yeah, uh, so incestuous. They're all using the same voices and everything. It's the same. <laughs> it's just Seth Rogen's and everything. God damn it! What's the other one? He shows up in Madagascar. He's the new tiger. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, we watched this movie. I don't know why I said yeah, the second like the one's circus, the best one. The, the third he's one's like probably Russian. the best. The Madagascar. Yeah. Oh, you're. But you know, you're even this movie. Your... Uh, what? Don't you... Yeah, I think I changed my opinion on those. <laughs> oh damn. Okay. Yeah. The second one's really stupid. I just kept thinking back to like the Moto Moto. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Like that, yeah, that movie's terrible. It's pretty bad. These are much better than like that. I like this trilogy of films much more, far more engaging, and like they actually try. <laughs> These are really trying. They have a story. Yeah, like the second one, and yeah, this third one. It it pretty much tied up everything perfectly. I felt, and you know. Like it was getting kind of old, like you were saying, like it's getting kind of stale. You're you're feeling like the the wear of like this is the third movie, and they mm-hmm. concluded it right here, basically. Aside from some series, which I haven't seen, we can talk about maybe if you have. But <laughs> you know, it's not like I feel like they did everything they could with it, and they wrapped it up nice. And like now we can, yeah. They, then they moved on to other things. It's like a perfect little trilogy of films, and they're all super short. I think that works in favor of it. But the pacing's really quick. Yeah, the third one's actually the longest one. By like oh, a few yeah. Minutes. yeah, sure, sure. Could have used just... the musical number at the end, maybe. <laughs> so it's <just> unnecessary. <laughs> Singing kung fu fighting. I actually enjoyed the first half of this movie. The second half, it got really, really fucking boring. <laughs> but in the first mm-hmm. half of this movie, there were actually points <laughs> in it where I was like, oh, okay, like, in at least in my mind, in my opinion, there were parts that kind of like improved on some of the criticisms that I had with the second film. So like in the second film, I mentioned like, yeah, it's kind of weird that he starts out as, you know, in the first movie, they concluded him as like the warrior who knows how to fight. He just uses food or whatever. Then they kind of have to undo that for the second film without explaining it just so they can have the funny trading scenes. But in this film, it's kind of part of the plot. Like it's a part of his character arc to have to undo his warrior mentality and come to terms with like, oh, okay, well, this is, maybe there's something good about just being a panda. Maybe there is something positive to look at in being clumsy or fat or, you know, Mm -hmm. it was more consciously understanding that he had been trained into this warrior thing. And they use that as part of the plot of being like, okay, we need to unlearn that now. That kind of made more sense for me. I have in my notes that, his arc was like fairly clear with like him. It was about him becoming like a teacher, which I kind of liked because that seemed like yeah. the next logical progression in terms of like, you know, student to master sort of thing. It felt like it was building off of where we started in the first film, you know, as, as yeah, a logical 
progression, a logical arc, I guess. Yeah. There was some good lighting and color choices, like especially in the Trading Pandas montage. It felt like uh, like cool and stylized without feeling like low budget or weird. Yeah, I liked some of the jokes. I liked the stuff in the like spirit world towards the end. Yeah. As far as spectacle action's concerned. It's yeah, like yeah. One of the few times in the movie they're able to do something a bit kind of grander than the previous ones. Because yeah, you, you want to feel like there's some kind of escalation to the the trilogy and... It's kind of the only, it's the best thing that the villain in the third one brings is that that link to that kind yeah. of spirit world that the visuals that brings. They they give an actual payoff that's connected to the first film too because he becomes a real manifestation of the dragon warrior, right? Like that's mm-hmm. cool that they Yeah, that's a good moment. Yeah. Some satisfaction to that. But yeah, most of the second half of this movie is just super forgettable and unspecial and boring yeah when they're just trapped in the in the village for ages and like the b plot with the five like investigating stuff it's just it, it grinds to a halt at a certain point and it's like okay yeah even though this is like an hour and 30 it shouldn't shouldn't be dragging like this so. i i stopped taking notes for a good chunk of it i was just kind of like passively like mm-hmm. not not invested until at the end, I commented on how Poe kills himself with the whooshy finger hold and just grabs Kai, and that sends them <laughs> yeah, to does, the spirit world. Like, what? Yeah. That doesn't make any he does sense. Beats him. <laughs> just like no setup for that. Yeah, like I'll kill if you touch someone when you kill yourself. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you take that to the spirit world. Yeah, that is never like established at all, is it? I'd rather just have him like jump off a cliff with him. I don't know. <laughs> Might not want to show kids. Yeah, that, it was a weird choice to have that because I guess he's on paper he's like the most intimidating villain in terms of like just raw strength. But mm-hmm. they like write him to be a joke and that like no one knows who he is, so <laughs> no one's scared of him. That's like an ongoing yeah, thing. They're just trying to make it a little more interesting by adding comedy in there because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not that interesting of a villain. Yeah. I, I think like they the were... spirit world connection. Yeah, I like that the turtles back in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah great he's not in the second cool. one. Yeah, and even Master Chief was barely in the second one. I think they were expecting the intimidation like the aspect to come from all of the uh, all of the spirits that he had controlled. I guess just like, oh no, mm-hmm. now the other people that are strong are fighting against me now. My friends, yeah, which I, yeah, I feel like that's another like animation cliche. It's like the yeah, in the evil version of your friends type thing. Yeah, that too. Seth yeah, Rogen, right, he was in this too. And then it's like, yeah, <laughs> when you beat the bad guy, much. all the all the all the gems go back, so like everything's undone. It's like yeah. no permanence or anything. <laughs> it's like Avengers, yeah. All the aliens mm-hmm. die, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the or the even the White Walkers at this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just that. Like you kill one, and then they all, yeah, everything, all the damage they did is undone. Uh, yeah, it used to be a kids' movies cliche, but now uh, things for adults like Game of Thrones do it. <laughs> We're like Avengers, even even though that's for like man babies. <laughs> yeah, the um, despite this one coming out so much after later than the second film, like there isn't a n- yeah. noticeable difference in animation quality. The jump from one to two was a noticeable improvement animation yeah. wise. Yeah. But this one, it's just it. There, you can't tell the difference, and that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's only very slight. 
um, I guess is the pro and con of like the the ultra stylized tack they went for. It can be kind of yeah, it, it works both ways because I reckon it makes Kung Fu Panda Two age much more gracefully, and they've gone with this kind of style as opposed to something like the monsters versus aliens or whatever with it it just looks creepy as well <laughs> oh. like b movie and shit like it, yeah yeah for that era of <laughs> this kind of animation yeah, mega and, mind <laughs> yeah actually they mega still have too bad. i mean like boss babies like their temple series now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a sad one <laughs> yeah definitely especially compared to this this is like much more um, i don't know i liked these when i saw them when i was younger they, they were like super entertaining mm-hmm. um yeah, and I remember a lot, especially about the first one. I remembered a lot, but you know, watching the second one now, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. Like, it's going for something different, and it's dark, and the villains are pretty good. Even J.K. Simmons, like, it's cool to get J.K. Simmons. It's just his characters, so yeah, he's yeah, got a cool whatever. voice. But the, his, the joke, like, lines yeah, he's got great. a good voice. Just the jokes are kind of lame. Yeah, that whole running joke, no one knows who he is. And, yeah, like you said, the the gems, like, <laughs> it's like okay, well, like, who gives a shit. <laughs> You know, really, it's, yeah, especially when it's like, like they just threw in a villain because they needed a threat, not because it was like organic. Mm-hmm. To, you know, like Gary Oldman's like maybe he's less intimidating because uh, he he's not really supposed to be intimidating. He's like he just has a big weapon. He's like a spoiled asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he has that just personal has, like, connection the most to power as well, though. He's like the reason he has the yeah that past trauma whereas this guy in the third he's his only link is to ugwe who died two movies ago mm-hmm. they've got some like pact or something that's 500 year pact i don't know it's just like oh just come up with something yeah and i was thinking like how many people watching kung fu panda 3 are like they actually know the story like at that point you know because it's pretty like long after the second one came out i think it was like yeah, more than a couple of yeah. years. It's it's, it's like probably how, why they know. leaned more into the whole like kiddie, like all oh, the kiddie panda aspect. Like this yeah, baby panda, it's not like Toy like Story two. three, yeah, or anything like, like yeah, that. If you, you go know? from like two thousand and eight <laughs> when the first one was to twenty sixteen, that's like a good amount of years. It's like basically into the next yeah. generation. So I can't really blame. Toy them. Story really helps because like every one of those characters is great, and I really remember them. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a few great characters in Kung Fu Panda, but I don't think it held up as well. Like people didn't remember them as much, and yeah, the 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 kitty tone—they really lean into the kitty, like goofy jokes again. It felt more like the first one. It felt like a producer came in, like make it more fun. That that second movie was too dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah, genocide yeah. And, and murder. <laughs> we don't want that, you know. It's almost it's... like uh the, the last uh, Star Wars film, not, not um not not a uh, Rise of Skywalker the. The original trilogy, um, mm-hmm. after Empire Strikes Back, was Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it felt like, like after that, it felt like a kiddier, like friendlier movie. <laughs> and it took a little, a few less risks, I think. Although some of it was pretty strong. Again, like the best parts, the oh shit, why did I get a message? Sorry, the best part was the emotional stuff, like his dad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what is this Kung Fu Panda? Poster? I'm just like, look at the poster for the third movie. <laughs> the wait is over. Yeah, yeah. And, this is what I was saying earlier. And like, the posters, man. look at the bottom the right character. Also, it's a fat right? joke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a weird the, addition the of just like, oh, this is a person with a mental. This is the mentally handicapped panda. 
<laughs> yeah. That was a yeah, weird that's what I mean. addition. It's taken the whole characters. panda village like so far. So yeah. Like, yeah. How far can we take this panda human? That's a that weird they poster. Are dumb and fat. That's it. <laughs> that face he's making on the bottom right. That's like too much. <laughs> I'm glad they changed right the title. The second one there. Just, yeah. <laughs> it, it was going. It probably would have had the same tone as this one. It would have been like a goofier movie. But they're probably like, no, that's too goofy. Let's let's bring in like Charlie Coffin. Make it like <laughs> a little more interesting. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah, so they random. needed like Guillermo del Toro to come in and work on this. <laughs> that would have made it much better. Yeah, bring in David Noah Bombax. Kung Fu Panda three. Noah Bombax, Kung yeah. Fu Panda three. Hell the, yeah. The, yeah, he could have made the titan. third movie work. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done the Titan it, yeah. director for Kung Fu Panda four. Oh, Julia Ducourneau. Would be like really weird. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it definitely need more going on. Um, <laughs> It did have something going on with the music, though, and I'd forgotten about this, but for some reason, Imagine Dragons is, like, credited oh. <laughs> for, um, yeah, many themes from the score contain portions of the garage rock song, I'm So Sorry, by the American pop rock band Imagine Dragons. I think it's, like, the villain theme, you know, the dang, 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 I think oh. that's from, like, an Imagine Dragons oh, song. Oh, fuck, probably. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn, super weird. That is super weird. I wonder why. I don't. Why? I don't know why. What? They're such a like corporately friendly (laughs) band. It's so weird. Uh huh. It is really weird. Put them in here. Really mentioned. um, (laughs) Like it's set in China, and China loves these movies. They're like huge in China, huge overseas. Um, And I read something about the first two didn't have direct like. Chinese funding or involvement, but I think the third one does, which also might be a reason that it's a bit more like toned down. And yeah, they filmed it in uh, Uyghur concentration camps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it definitely felt kiddier. The, the part with him grabbing his own finger that was that was pretty ridiculous. He like kills himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a different level of right. It's like okay, that's that's how he figured one. it out. How do you know that would funny. even work? What if that didn't work? He just disappeared. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have like, you tried this before? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They they needed to set it up or something. Yeah, that's he needed weird. to like read about it. It's so weird, you know. But again, it's like, yeah. who gives a shit? It's like, it's for little kids. <laughs> That's what they would think it probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking like who cares? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's Kung the, the emotion is more yeah. important. And yeah, uh, I forgive mm-hmm. it more in those first two. Like, I'm not looking for 100% logical consistency in Kung Fu Panda, but I, I think the third one doesn't really try as hard. <laughs> uh, and that's just my opinion on it. Like, in terms of everything. Yeah, the poster. <laughs> They're all there. Yeah, all the pandas are there. Yeah. Fun fact. Master Uguay is the key maker from The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Bring it full circle to The sure. Matrix. Which we'll talk about next episode. That awesome anyway. character. Yeah. He's a video game for this movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's like <laughs> a Connect game, I think. I should play yeah, those. I have it, but I haven't played it yet. I bought a bunch of shitty Kinect oh, yeah. games. Yeah, same. There's a few of them at some point. There's like, there's a lot there's of something about this franchise. Like, it's the reason that I rediscovered it is because of all these like the little panda fighter ripoff, Chopkick Panda, Panda <laughs> Warrior with Rob Schneider. Yeah. For some reason, there's like 
Kung Fu Panda is just like a big one. Like, yeah, to rip off works well for a video game because, like, the fighting aspect, yeah, the, the kung fu, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 like, really, the kung fu part of it's super strong. That's like the hook, I think. So, it makes it work. Like, even the fact that they're animals, like, it's their reason, it's a reason they're animals. They're, you know, it's it's an homage to that style. Like, those, those styles are martial arts. People mm-hmm. fought crane style and tiger style, yeah, mantis. Like, it just makes sense for the story, like, everything about it makes sense yeah it's just a fun concept and, and yeah like there's some really good characters like in this whole trilogy i like brian Cranston in the movie fine you know i didn't think he was i probably like the goose character more <laughs> i guess because you just have i've had more time with that character like to develop him. yeah yeah, I prefer yeah. The goose. yeah it's still not as strong as like a pixar film even this one um like i like the toy story trilogy more i'd say like it's better like than the good dinosaur. The emotions hit home. Yeah, oh, the good dinosaur is a piece of <laughs> fucking garbage. That movie, what dumpster fire. Apparently, that's uh, like one of Pixar's worst. Apparently, there was a character in this film called Big Fun, played by Wayne Knight. I don't remember that. <laughs> Big in, Fun. In <laughs> that's what it's saying on IMDb. There was a panda with like weird teeth. He had, you know, he had like fucking really messed up. Oh, teeth. did he play the mentally handicapped? <laughs> I was like, what was that? Was that joke? Big Fun? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that was that, was that Wayne Knight was supposed to be the handicap? Yeah, that was Wayne Knight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It was the one with the fucked up teeth. <laughs> Easiest face. Oh my god. Oh. It's just it just stood out to me. Like, what was that? Yeah, like that was so weird. Some of the pandas in there definitely the the ribbon Jesus. panda and and that panda. Yeah, yeah Kate ridiculous. Hudson playing May May. Right, Kate. Kate so yeah, cuts Kate Hudson. That's right. <laughs> I saw her name in the credits. I'm like, really, Kate Hudson played that character? You know, she didn't even do much. Like, yeah, she's better at almost famous. That's for sure. Yeah, great yeah. movie. When I, when I was reading about like this movie, I found this like weird article that was like, yeah, Kate Hudson to replace Rebel Wilson in Kung Fu Panda Three. I was reading all this stuff about how they had all, all these completed scenes ready with like Rebel Wilson's that's funny previous performance, but when they oh, cast Rebel Kate Wilson. Hudson, they like reanimated a bunch of stuff to, for that performance, you know, for all that like <laughs> ribbon twirling stuff. So. It's nice to know that, like, because <laughs> that must be such a boy. Imagine being one of those animators. You've already done the Rebel Wilson like scene, and then oh no, she's <laughs> been redo recast. It. Like, we got to do it all again, guys. Slightly different because Kate Hudson's doing it now. Yeah, yeah. it's just the voice. They still just have to reanimate ridiculous. it. I guess it's like a different performance. So yeah, keep like, the, the old just, like, Sonic the most design. minute lip animation. Right, like they have to change all of that shit. Um. Yeah, like the animation's really good, I I think, in this. Uh in in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. always really, really high quality. It's always pretty I think it's strong. And yeah, like the music is strong. The audio visual aspect of is still there. The action scenes are still good. Um I don't know, it's hard to beat like some of the scenes in the second one and the first one. Like mm-hmm. the like the villain escaping his his you know, prison in the first one. Yeah, it never reaches the peaks in my mind. No, I don't think so. Um, It's still really good, though. Yeah, I really liked it. Is there much else to say about the third one? I feel like I have the most to say about the second one. That's just how I feel. It's just like even the Charlie Kaufman aspect of it. That was like really weird to hear about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really odd. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie that was boring in the second half. But actually, yeah. The first half, I was like su- pleasantly surprised almost. I was like, yeah, this is fine. It definitely it definitely was aiming to be more of like a dumb comedy thing, but I, I thought it was fine for what it was. Uh, it's still, yeah, with both yeah. the second and third film for me, there's nothing in either of them that compares to the uh, cinematography or sequences in the first film in terms of presenting action in a visual way. Uh, yeah, this one was a little disappointing in that sense also. But yeah, it was uh, forgettable. You know, I'm never going to watch it again. Five out of ten for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly above that. I, I give it a three three star. It's, it's kind of more what you'd expect from the title, like Kung Fu Panda, whereas I feel like the other two managed to avoid like how b- bad the premise seems. But it's, it's <laughs> yeah. okay. It's just it could be bad on paper, right? But I think they make it work. Yeah, it's really the animation and and some of the voice acting, the kung fu, the yeah, they they really make it work. This one, you feel the 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 wear and tear of the you know that it's the third movie. <laughs> it gets a little stale, but like mm-hmm. this is like I'm glad they just ended it with this one. It's like a solid trilogy of movies. Yeah, like I don't regret watching them at all. Like again, I'm like, oh, those are pretty good. They have a good story. Um, I'd probably go slightly higher than you, Alex. Like three and a half. It's not like significantly worse than the other two either. I don't think. They're like solid trilogy of like animated movies. I really mm. like them. I think they're really good. And like, yeah, DreamWorks gets shit on all the time for like some of their really bad movies or like the pop culture references, the hiring celebrities for no reason. And like these are pretty good. Like this is an example of something like they should be proud of. You know, they they were yeah, good yeah. movies for the most part. Yeah, and like there's a lot of celebrities in them, and all of them, you know, they're pretty good aside from Seth Rogen who could go fuck himself. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like most of the celebrities in here, like, and they should have used Jackie Chan more, even in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's it. Like the, most of them are good. Like Angelina Jolie's good. Jack Black's actually really good. Like, I didn't talk about him enough, but yeah, he's, like, perfect for this part, I think. Like, (laughs) he was great. He always seemed really into it. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, a distracting performance from him, I don't think. He was always, Mm -hmm. he always seemed really into the Poe character, right? Uh, Yeah. So, so good movie. What, three and a half out of five? That's what I'd give it. A good-ass trilogy. Yeah, good recommendation, I guess. Yeah. Better than Madagascar. That's we did it. Sure. <laughs> We've yeah. done another one. Or... Are we just going to move on? <laughs> How can we move on? Those. So in movie if, news... I don't know if Jack Black has seen them. or I don't know if Jack Black's in them. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. We can do a couple of the movie news things if we want. Yeah, yeah, you have some what movies. Have we got? That's good. What's happened? Paul Feig is very upset because... The ultimate Ghostbusters, ultimate gift set has all the Ghostbusters uh, movies, yeah, including the new one, but not the 2016 film. <laughs> and so he's he posted publicly on Twitter, <laughs> um, at Sony Pictures, I know this must be a mistake. We do have a lot of fans, and Bill, Dan, and Ernie were in it, and it won the Kids' Choice Award for Best Feature Film the year it came out. Oh, so I geez. guess this was just an oversight. <laughs> Hashtag, we are all Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, what was he thinking? Sounds like a moon. Uh, it's more embarrassing just uh, making that tweet. 
You could just not make that. No one else got rid of the dislike bar. I I I used to always go back on the dislike bar of like the the original Ghostbusters trailer. Yeah, you you can't do that. Like a shit ton of dislikes. So many people hate that movie. I mean, it's terrible. It deserves the hate. It's it's a piece of garbage. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Paul Feig movie. (laughs) (laughs) That one in particular is fucking garbage. Like so bad. Yeah. It is. It did he think he was gonna like start a movement? Like a, a Snyder, like, Snyder like yeah, like yeah, we gotta get representation for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he just, he escaped about it. He Josh He's like, this is a part of the canon. Like, I don't even give a shit, really. I just think it's funny that he's complaining about it on Twitter. Whereas well, a company, surely they want to distance. Yeah, yeah. Have any of us Josh even Sweden. seen the new yeah. one? I kind of forgot there was a new Ghostbusters that came no. out. Yeah, I haven't seen it. No one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about Josh Whedon, yeah, if, we're, if we're you guys ready. heard about what he said. He was, like, responding oh, to I the, saw the, the Snyder I saw crunch. it trending, this Josh Whedon stuff. Yeah, it's pretty stupid what he said, too. <laughs> it's not even worth talking oh, is it, about. Is it no good? He's like, nah, he's, like, an idiot. He's just an asshole, right? He's just a lying <laughs> asshole. He's basically yeah, like, Gal Gadot can't like speak English. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, that's his excuse, yeah, that's man. It's like some shit like that. That's why it was fucking jerk stuff. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't harassing anybody. She can't speak English. It's not her first language. That's really funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's an ass, whatever. Yeah. That's my movie news. That's all I heard about. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife has a 7.3 on IMDb and a 45 Metascore. Yeah. It's directed okay. by Jason Reitman. That is weird. That one's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. With the like, Stranger Things kid in it, uh, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I have no interest in that. Paul Paul Rudd, Ant Man's in it. <laughs> yeah, Ant Man. That's all I think. Of. Yeah, I'm I'm never gonna watch it. It's not really up my alley. So, another thing, uh, Alex, you briefly mentioned this on your Jarcast. I think um, we mm. got a response from The Rock to uh, <laughs> Yeah Vin Diesel. Hey, you know about this, Ralph? <laughs> Oh, that people have actually—God, this is so complicated at this point. People have like uploaded articles, like dictating the whole timeline. Oh, great! Oh my God, this awesome. is obnoxious. There's so much. This is the latest drama one. Mondays <laughs> on a Wednesday. Dwayne the Rock Johnson accuses Vin Diesel of manipulation. Is it this one? <laughs> yeah, I think it's this one. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. shit! Dwayne it makes the Rock sense. Johnson is accusing Vin Diesel of manipulation for taking to social media to request he return to the Fast and Furious franchise. Johnson, who has said in the past he would not return to the action-packed series as Luke Hobbs, told CNN in a new interview that he was surprised by Diesel's November post because they already had discussed in private Johnson's permanent departure. So he was going on social media trying to get The Rock to. Uh, I guess uses like public like clout, his like followers yeah. on Instagram to try and get the rock yeah. to, to try and pressure yeah. him into doing another movie. Yeah, can everybody <laughs> just harass the rock into uh, signing this contract for a multi million <laughs> yeah, dollar film? Post toward him. <laughs> Satire. Really weird. I do find it funny. Like, yeah. why does he not want to return? I thought this like Luke Hobbs, like the Hobbs Shaw movie that came out a few years. I thought that was like a huge success. Why is he jumping? He's the highest the, paid the, actor in Hollywood. He got so he. I'm willing to bet he got a lot more for Red Notice than he would from a Fast and Furious movie. 
But so, so is that all he is then? He just chases wherever he can get the biggest paycheck. I don't from. know. Probably. <laughs> I guess all the they're like all what the is same. The rock? Like, if, what's the, really what is the difference between a Fast and Furious movie and Red Notice? Maybe he like, just doesn't want to work with Vin Diesel because he's manipulative. <laughs> like I don't know. But it, maybe that's part of the beef. Is that like Vin, it's like Vin sees it as his franchise, and it's like then like, be in it. The, the rock butts, yeah. butts heads with him. What kind of a name is that? <laughs> Vincent, yeah, I doubt this is real. Vincent name. Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that post them is so weird. Well, and like I Dwayne mean, Johnson is like he looks smaller than The Rock, like just the way the photo is. Oh yeah, I think they like stretched Finn Diesel out, like you know, <laughs> post. It's just how it looks, you know. I, I could be wrong. It just looks like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's on Vin Diesel's official Twitter. Damn, but he, as far as like the manipulation goes, there's more. Vin's recent public post was an extreme example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post as well as Paul Walker's death. Mm-hmm. Johnson explained, "Leave them out of it." God, yeah, he's just trying to manipulate the Rock. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I, yeah, as much true. as we can clown post. on the Rock, I mean. It is I mean, pretty fucking manipulative, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. So just it's to, nothing. Like, if they'd had so a conversation bizarre. privately, you it's know? So fucking yeah, bizarre, you did yeah. this publicly, Vincent Diesel. <laughs> like, it's nothing but manipulative. How can how can it be interpreted in any other way? Hobbs can't be played by no other. <laughs> Double negative. Yeah, I'm sure so the Rock stupid. is losing sleep over. So it. fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well. That was it. That's uh, just wanted to give a little follow up on uh, the uh, epic drama between Vin Diesel and The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> As it unfolds, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated with all the latest news on Vin Diesel and The Rock drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their drama. Yeah, it's infamous. It's so, it's so ridiculous. It's so absurd. So, so, yeah, it's funny as fuck. <laughs> Last little movie news thing before we move on to question. Just something kind of interesting. As of as of the end of last year, HBO Max has cracked the top ten uh, list of most downloaded U.S. apps of 2021. So other things. It's not just streaming service. It's number one's TikTok. Number two is Instagram. Number three is Snapchat. Number four is Cash App, five is Zoom, six is Messenger, seven is Facebook, eight is WhatsApp, nine is YouTube, and ten is HBO Max. That's pretty crazy. So their whole like double theater thing seems to have paid off. Yeah, at least in that way, sure. Yeah. Seems like they're making less money from theaters, but yeah, they're a lot of people have the app. Yeah, I have it. I was watching Mm -hmm. Peacemaker. Yeah. I'm trying to get the app, but it won't let me in Canada. Even though I have the subscription (laughs) service on my Xbox. Not yet. No, not, not until like yet. 2026 for us. Alex, you'll get it. Oh, and really? Holy fuck. Well, because they have a, the licensed content deal with like Crave, which is like a stupid subscription service with one of the telecom companies here. And apparently their contract's up in like 2026. So why would they get rid of that before then? Uh, which is why uh, I'm accessing HBO Max with a VPN router uh, and sharing an account sure. with somebody else who has a US address, basically. Uh, I'm just trying to get the app on my phone, which that's having its own issues. I need to find an APK file that I can download that I can trust not to be. Oh, that's uh, a bummer. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, this was from Deadline is the the source of this information, and it's Aptopia's list. I don't know if this is just mobile or not. Uh, maybe I should have looked into this before, but anyway, crack the top 10 of something. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And also, yeah, the fucking... They're not cool. they're not doing the dual same day release streaming thing anymore. That was just 2021. So I want to reaffirm that Christopher Nolan was crying like a baby for no reason. It affected zero of his films. Oh yeah, forget about that. <laughs> like, that was yeah, that was something. I'm never <laughs> working with Warner Brothers ever again. This is the worst streaming service. It affected zero of his films. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with HBO being up there. It's it's one of the yeah, few like mega like content producers that has a pretty damn good track record overall. I think. Yeah. Just in terms of the content. Content like... wise, it's fucking awesome. Fix the UI. Get a Netflix UI. Invest in it. You'll have the best fucking streaming service if you just fix the UI and the subtitles. Oh, yeah, that's shit. That, that's that's something. Netflix just has that cornered. I feel like at the moment, like most competitors, just aren't as good. Yeah, yeah. With, sure. with any of that stuff. Yeah, you'd think that that would be. It's one of those things where you have to wonder, Priority. like, <laughs> does the CEO of Warner Media have an HBO HBO Max account? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does he use does the service? Like that's the question. Because if he does, he should be like, "Wow, there's some shit that could be better about this," you know? Do the people in charge even use the service? Yeah, I, I highly doubt it. Have to assume no, I guess. How crazy is it that like TikTok is above YouTube now? It's pretty crazy. TikTok, like it gets yeah. more. It gets more. You know, traffic. you know what part of the reason if you, is? If you told probably... like 2015 me, like I'd never believe it. But what's the I th- reason? I think that it's not just the fact that it's short form content. I think it's the fact that you can use music on it. <laughs> I think that like the entire yeah the entire ecosystem of of TikTok is uh, being able to use other content that's already existing and still making money off of it. Right? I'm pretty sure on TikTok yeah. they have uh, a system set in place where it just shares the revenue. Right. So mm-hmm. like they yeah, it, yeah it's sense. a system that's built off of like hey everybody's dancing to this song. Let, I'm going to dance to this song too, or I'm going to make a meme out of this song too. Whereas you try to do the same thing on YouTube, as much as they're trying to compete with their shorts market, you try to use a song and it's like, oops, no, it's can't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the more you like lean into it and embrace that side of it, like the the memes, the shareability of it, the, like these companies, they're just missing out on so many eyes, like with the old as fuck, like tacked with this. Like this TikTok shit is just proving it. At this point in time, Twitch and YouTube, every single major streaming or content service should have a way where you can incorporate licensed content and just have it automatically share the revenue, right? And I don't mean 50 50 mm-hmm. if you yeah. use three seconds of it in your video. I mean like 1%, <laughs> you know, like it should be proportionate to the amount that you use in your video. Like you shouldn't have to yeah, worry about three problem. seconds yeah, exactly. of a song in your three hour video. And them taking a hundred percent of the revenue, I'm sorry, that's fucked up. That's yeah. like people don't want to use yeah. your service for reasons like that, you know. Like so, mm-hmm. fix your shit. Yeah, it it, you you have the yeah. algorithm, you have the content library, you have the resources to make this happen. It's already set up. You just have to change how it functions. That's it. And then you have a 
functional service. But anyway, we should do question time. All right, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the subreddit where there's a suggestion thread where you can ask whatever you feel like. Just like Show Me Your Bob Z69 says, Do you think bigger studios will stop supporting auteur directors? This year especially, it feels like with films by Guillermo del Toro, Edgar Wright, and Wes Anderson, all were overshadowed by well-known IPs and underperformed at the box office. Is Netflix not a big studio? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) How are we going to define it? Because they're all going on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is a big studio, and that's what they're doing. And, like, success seems to be measured in a different way now. Like, it it was so, like, binary. Like, did it do well at the box office, yes or no? They're, like, different Mm -hmm. avenues now. Like, I feel like plenty of people are still seeing French Dispatch, despite maybe not, you know, exploding, like, at the cinema, like, going out there to see it. Because, I mean, it's also, like, COVID times as well. Like, it's all of these happen to coincide with, like, new spikes of COVID and stuff, so... The, the whole box office like just obsessing over that and i i feel like it's just like they, they don't even have that much control and the other other side of it it's like so chaotic there's like no way for them to plan for this stuff so yeah exactly they're, they're, like the temple films seem to be doing well i think that's more important you know like the rest of these movies they're kind of risks like if they don't do well okay the french dispatch is not a lot of money you know if spider-man didn't do well that would be a fucking disaster but mm. You know, like it. That's the what they put the most money into because they know that's like what's going to make the most money. And like at the end of the day, it just kind of trickles out. Like you know, <laughs> it, as long as those big movies are doing well, like the Jurassic Worlds and whatever, then it doesn't seem like the industry really cares. Like, yeah, I think like HBO Max, they lost a lot of money from the theaters or H- HBO, whatever Warner Brothers, right? They own it. Like, they lost a lot of money from the theaters, but they made up for it with that app or whatever, like you just said. It, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a different world. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, they definitely got a new bunch of new subscribers. So. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, like the Matrix movie, like people are talking about it. <laughs> it didn't do that super didn't make great money. in the box office. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But it's not like no one talked about it. <laughs> it definitely had like somewhat of an impact. It's just, you know, it's, it's just, it had its own audience. People like that yeah. movie. As long as movies and theaters, you know, like some theaters are still existing and I'm going to support my local theater by checking out Morbius on April 1st. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm probably going to see that. I'm yeah, gonna so we're all seeing Morbius. It again. Well, that's it, what I, I, I was stepping out, out of a 1st. theater two days ago and I saw a poster saying January and then I looked on my phone and it said April. It's never coming out. So I think it's I think it got delayed again. It's April first, yeah, which I think is a very April. fitting date to release the film. Honestly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait, movie. is it actually coming out in April first? That's what it says on yes, IMDb. Is. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's so stupid. You yeah. thought Venom was dumb. It's as long as shit. Morbius is oh, doing yeah. okay, theaters will recover. But yeah, well, there's there's plenty coming out, like yeah, Doctor April. Strange. The Marvel yeah, stuff. Yeah, April 1st. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lightyear. Yeah. <laughs> but the poster that's still listed there says January 28th. Oh, yeah. The official poster <laughs> on IMDb. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It looks terrible. Auteur directors are still working with big studios, They've, even if those big studios are Netflix, and even if those are going to, straight to uh, 
streaming services, but we'll see where the market goes. It's not like they're unable to make films altogether. Uh, it really depends. Yeah. Okay. Bitchington309 has one for us. What's your opinion on the concept of fan service? When do you think it is done well or done poorly? The fan service I'm talking about is the kind in American entertainment rather than Japanese entertainment. All oh, right, is, is there like a huge difference? Hmm. So I think Japanese service, entertainment right? fan service is like more along the lines of like a like a culture thing. So like, not necessarily. I I could be wrong, but when I think fan service in anime, when I've heard people use that terms, it's like oh, like you got like the butt shot here or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like yeah, oh we're fans of this character. It's like oh we're fans of like this trope almost Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like fan favorite characters getting like out of the way moments that only exist just to tickle fans yeah um but yeah it seems like at its core like pretty similar to be honest to like the way we do fan service like spider-man's been on everyone's minds you can call that Mm -hmm. heavy fan service all the Mm -hmm. way through but it's also an example of one we all enjoyed um we all liked that version of fan service whereas I'm always railing on uh, um, just unsuitable out of nowhere fan service that like just doesn't make sense. Like Free Guy was a big one from 2021. Like when <laughs> he's getting lightsaber. Yeah, hey, look, it's a Marvel. It's Star Wars. Like it's so weird. I can't. I don't want to think about Free Guy ever. I didn't even watch it. I saw that clip yeah. on fucking Twitter. It was so mad. Yeah, uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. <laughs> yeah, Space. Yeah, Space Jam. Some a free people guy. got angry for me saying that I wouldn't watch it. Really? They thought you weren't giving it a chance. Yeah. Like, who okay. does this guy think he is? Jordan Peterson's favorite Space movie Shippen is Free Guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Space Jam: A New Legacy. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, those are like the worst examples. The Matrix like, references and um, yeah, the Rick and Morty. Like thrown in there. Are we just? <laughs> is the question what do we think about fan service? Like it depends on how it's used. I think we kind of touched on this yeah, in the yeah. fucking Spider-Man episode. <laughs> like the thing so. that separates the new Spider-Man yeah. from the new Space Jam is that they were taking characters that we loved and wanted to see more out of, and they were they found new ways to use those characters, new and interesting ways to utilize those characters and have them interact with each other in ways that you would only ever see at a fan fiction previously. However, Space mm-hmm. Jam 2, The Matrix, to some extent, a lot of these other newer films, they don't utilize the characters that we love. They just merely reference the fact that they're there and they're, hey, hey remember this? Hey, remember that? You remember this scene from the first movie? I'm going to show you a shot from the first movie. Yeah, you remember that? That's cool. And you're supposed to clap and go, oh, yes, I this is the movie mm-hmm. I remember. It's like, duh, that's why you're there. Because <laughs> like, the whole point of marketing a movie towards these people is is that... They remember the first movie already. So what? It, what's the point in doing that within the film? Like the whole point of seeing the new Matrix is that you, it says the Matrix on the title, right? Who is this for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's you want to see me the Neo and Trinity. Yeah, I want to see Neo the game motion. dev. I want to see slow motion. <laughs> I want to see Morbius. <laughs> Morbius, Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, Morpheus. I mean Morpheus. Yeah. Right now, Morbius and Morpheus are confused in my brain. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You want to see Morpheus. Drinking yeah, a 40 Morpheus. in a death basket. Fuck, yeah, I'm getting them. <laughs> and I want to see Morbius in theaters April 1st. Yeah. <laughs> April 1st, mark your calendar, everybody. 
Yeah, they don't come out. They'll be like, gotcha, it's not out. <laughs> Buzzing. Uh, it's coming out. It's, it's, it's coming yeah, out it's never. It's never coming out. The movie's, a, it was a joke. We just made a trailer. It's a fake movie. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be so much I better. Still I still don't believe it's real. If that, was, that would be. If, if it was all just an elaborate Jared Leto style prank to for him to get into the character of the Joker, because he's a prankster. <laughs> He's like we're we're doing the yeah. Snyder cut, like but we're replacing Robbie, everybody like with cringe jokes. Whatever the fuck, <laughs> I'm the main character now. <laughs> Said his co-stars like dead animals, or whatever the hell he did. Farts in a jar. He's <laughs> just or a prankster. Just a prankster. Yeah. I'm pranking dead babies in a jar. I said farts. <laughs> <We're> dead babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same thing. True. Well, seeing as uh, Spider-Man's on the mind, Andy the Movie Maker 14 has this to say. I'm not sure how aware you three are of this, but after Spider-Man No Way Home release, there were a large amount of Spider-Man fans that said they wanted an amazing Spider-Man 3 and a Spider-Man 4 to be made, posting Make Spider-Man 4 and Make Amazing Spider-Man 3 online. <laughs> you keeping track? Would you guys be interested in seeing these movies get made? That being, if they're done right, or would you rather just let these movies be? Personally, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just want them to be done right and feel like a necessary addition to Toby and Andrew's movies. Especially considering yeah. that Sam, Ray Sam Raimi really wanted Spider-Man 4 to be made, and it was supposed to be released in 2011, but got cancelled before shooting, which is what led to The Amazing Spider-Man to be made. Even Raimi himself said that he wanted Spider-Man 4 to be the best movie, and end the series on a high note. So with what Spider-Man No Way Home brought us, I think that it could be the key to making these two movies possible. How do you guys feel about these? Thanks, guys. My, you're my favorite podcast of all time. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. See, this is, we're, we're, we're working under different rules now. The internet's involved now. We're, if we can make <laughs> Snyder yeah, I don't know. cuts come out. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is Sony oh, too, and they they want to milk Spider Man for ev everything mm -hmm. they can. They're making yeah, Morbius they were trying to make that. Spider Man four, and yeah, there was like a a lot of trouble making that movie. It seemed like they couldn't really get it to come together, and yeah, I think it's a lot of it the studio, right? I think it was the studio mostly, but maybe now, like, I don't know if they even want to do it at this point. I feel like it would be good. Maybe I I really don't give a shit about the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I do not think those need to be continued. <laughs> yeah, those um, are bad. Andrew Garfield's not bad. Yeah, like Andrew Garfield. Exactly. The best part of them, maybe. Like yeah, Andrew Garfield just, is like, not like, the worst part Mark about Webb those movies. Do you want to come back and direct them, or like, yeah, like what do you want to do? Like, do you want Mark Webb to come back? Bring back someone else to come direct it. Like, yeah. what? What's what's the conceit? Like. Are we gonna is have that like Rhino come like back? A from sequel Paul to Giamatti. Amazing Spider-Man would be way <laughs> like, more likely. Like everyone's mm -hmm. so old now from that original cast, whereas everyone wants yeah. to see more of um, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know. If you just yeah. give Sam give Raimi another Spider-Man movie, but let him do what he wants, that would be great. The problem is, even if we were to do that in this yeah, day sure. and age, he would be making a Marvel Spider-Man movie. That's part of the problem. You can bring back Sam Raimi. I don't think you're going to get as much personality as we saw in the first three Spider-Man films. We're going to have yeah, to see how the new Doctor Strange is. Find out. We'll see, but mm -hmm. something tells me that it's yeah. going to feel a lot more like a Marvel movie than a Sam Raimi movie, unfortunately. It might feel more like a Oz. Did you see his like Disney like, Wizard of Oz movie? No. Like in the, yeah, James Franco in it like or something? <laughs> I don't remember. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I yeah, I'm not mean. Looks, looks <laughs> I'm not expecting a Sam Raimi film really from the new Doctor Strange. Like we'll see, but like 
I don't know how much how much they're gonna give him. Especially when you're seeing these like stories coming out about it, saying all like, oh, there's gonna be uh, so many cameos from different elements of the Marvel universe. It's like, oh. that's the exciting part. There's gonna be so many cameos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the Human Torch will be <laughs> just like whatever. It's just throwing everyone. It's the cameo era. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why. Seeing Andrew Garfield in this newest Spider... I, spoilers. <laughs> this is the newest Spider-Man movie. Um, I can understand why seeing him there would make it so that that you want to see more of him again. But there's so much wrong with those other two films, the Amazing Spider-Man films, that have nothing to do with Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is not the reason why those films didn't work. Just terrible direction, terrible character design, terrible script... Just terrible editing, all the product placements, like that's a weird standout to the, The like way more product placements than any other Uh Spider-Man The product placement, like the Sony product placement was really obnoxious. Forever. It was like 10, like (laughs) more than a dozen counts of product placement. Yeah, like. It's comical. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The Electro character fucking sucks. Yeah, like the Rhino. <laughs> like, it was so bad. And yeah, like, there's this whole accuracy in the trailer you don't even see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's shit. It's like the very end of the movie. If they wanted to continue using Toby and Andrew Garfield in some form, fucking do it. Like, that's... I don't know. They worked really well in this latest one. It, who knows? It's probably not going to be as as good <laughs> as this uh, yeah, I just don't No know Way Home. But, it. like, I, I don't this know. this came in for a cameo. There's so much you can do with the universe, considering all the different timelines and versions of Peter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it. I don't care. Make a spinoff thing. If Toby's willing to do it, and he gets money, and it makes money, and, you know, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The story's, I like, I feel like concluded. just that response, the, the dollar signs that have... <laughs> being seen because yeah, of this movie i feel like the, the, these conversations are happening like they want, yeah exactly they want to push this stuff more as far as it can go amazing spider-man 3 would be a weird fucking thing <laughs> like for them to do that that would be so weird <laughs> yeah yeah especially now but if 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 sony owns the rights and they can just do that like we got to remember yeah. it's sony right so they yeah. might. <laughs> <laughs> they might yeah, do this. Yeah, they are scrambling, man. Like, have you seen the trailer for the new, like, Uncharted movie and stuff? It's bad. <laughs> oh, my God. That looks it's like, like hilarious. shit. It looks hilarious. It looks so stupid. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is so... <laughs> what? <laughs> looks awful. What the fuck? <laughs> no, even directed the poster by the director is bad. of uh, Venom, I think, the first one. Oh no! First Venom. Wow! <laughs> so, yeah. Holy shit! Looks really dumb. All right, last question. Okay, let's end on this one from Borowski Twenty. This is a really basic question, but I'm curious: what movies and/or TV shows are you anticipating for 2022? Whether you're hoping for it to be quality or at least ironically entertaining, uh, so you can put Morbius uh, aside. <laughs> Morbius. Uh, new Darren <laughs> Aronofsky A24. The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that, the that most cool. intriguing thing coming out next year, in my opinion. It's the Northman as well. That'll be yeah. interesting to see where that goes. New oh, Robert. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Robert Eggers' new movie, Northman. Uh, Death on the Nile, that looks like fucking shit. <laughs> 
Ambulance I'm, by Michael Bay looks like shit. That look, that that's supposed to be a new here. Avatar, man. Uncharted. But Avatar Two is. Supposed <laughs> oh to yeah, come out is that year. happening? Well, I'm so I'm so curious. I'm so, I'm so interested. At the what end of this year, yeah. That. After all this time, yeah. the Batman. I'm sure that'll be interesting. The Batman. Least. He's like apparently Robert Pattinson's just not even doing a sequel anyway because he doesn't like the director. It's just going to be a one-off. Yeah, I've sort of seen those articles trending. Like, huh. Yeah, so, so he's already before it's even out, he's like done with it. Yeah, way to go, Patty Cakes. It's a good, uh, good start, good sign. <laughs> Doctor Strange, I'm looking forward to. I brought up my watch list here. We've got Martin Scorsese's got a new film called Killers of the Flower Moon coming out 2022, apparently. Okay. Cool. Uh, a new Andrew Dominic film called Blonde, which is a Marilyn Monroe biopic, biopic with uh, Anna de Armas. Adrian Brody's in it. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Uh, we got a Pinocchio movie from Guillermo del Toro. So, like, what? The fifth po- Pinocchio oh, movie in like, a, in, like, in, like, has been in development for, year. like, years. Yeah. Who even cares? We got a new Ari Aster movie, apparently listed on IMDb as comedy, drama, horror. It's called Disappointment Boulevard. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Yeah. That sounds cool. Okay, cool. Uh, Noah bombach has got a new Oops. movie coming out called White Noise. Joanna Hogg's got a new movie mm-hmm. coming out. Aquaman 2. Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Minions Rise of Gro. <laughs> what about oh. Minions? Rumored to be That's set in be period scene. Hollywood. Very out of your element, Damien Chazelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tobey Maguire's in that one, though. That That's interesting. Okay, Tobey oh, right. Maguire, Olivia okay. Wilde, and Brad Pitt. Okay, Avatar 2. Ay. Avatar 2. <laughs> the sequel to Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, that'd yeah, good. that'd be cool. It's supposed to come out. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. We got one. Black Adam, which I'm going to watch for the title. Uh, yeah, with The Rock. Cool. The Rock's in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all going to have to watch it, right? I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the Rock in a fucking yeah. Marvel movie? Or is it DC? Yeah. It's Marvel? This one's DC. Man. DC. DC. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele's <laughs> new movie called Nope with Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> nope. And Stephen Yun and Kiki Palmer. Nope. Is it actually called Nope? It's called Nope. Yeah. Called okay. Nope. Nope. Halloween ends. Interesting. Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> Never mind. It's a short. I'm not even going to mention that one. It's a short. It's called Bleak. It's a Halloween movie and a Texas Chainsaw movie. So. Yeah. What kind of forever <laughs> is supposed to come out? Just, just, I feel like just every year. <laughs> yeah. There's a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent where Nicolas Cage plays himself, but doesn't look amazing to me. Some people are excited. I think it looks very average. There's a new furry movie called The Bad Guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a DreamWorks movie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, a new A24 movie the, from the, the guys. The Mario Brothers movie. That's supposed yeah. to be out this year. But I don't know if they're going to... It might be getting pushed back, but it's supposed to come out this year with Chris Pratt. Chrissy Pratt. Yeah, there's a new A24 movie from the guys that made uh, Swiss Army Man. There's a trailer out for that right now. It's called mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All. Yeah, it looks yeah, interesting. Some people, yeah. yeah. Michelle Yeoh is in it. Anyway. Uh, Jackass yeah. Forever. It's super hyped. Crazy. I'll be watching that for yeah. sure. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah just uh, and then some stuff that I'm, I guess I'm watching at uh, Sundance pretty soon. Yeah, those are those are my interesting things of note. Mm-hmm. That's like everything. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, there will be other things, things, but this is just on my watch yeah. list. Yeah, like some of yours. Yeah, yeah, that's like what I have. The Whale, easily my... Like, yeah, The Whale. My most anticipated. Yeah, the Whale. Cool. It doesn't the show North up as having a release date yet on IMDb, though, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll get pushed back. Yeah, yeah I feel like see. some of them will. 
Like Top Gun's been pushed back a lot. I hope that comes out this year. Just interested to see it. The film Top is expected to premiere sometime in 2022. So let's just assume Oscar season. We're gonna give Brendan yeah. an Oscar. Let's assume yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hype Town. I'm so the excited whale. to see Brendan Fraser play Nikocado Avocado. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention this in Sardonicast episode 71. I totally said it would be cool to have all the all the Peter Parkers together in one movie and hang out together. Yeah, I you looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody posted it on the subreddit. So give me yeah, the money, so Sony, cool. and also make everything else I want you to make. I guess that's it for questions. We did it. We did it. My voice is dying. I don't know why. Who's recommended? I think it's Adam's turn. It is my turn, but we have a special guest and I let them decide. So Mm. if you're comfortable with that, I'll save my turn for after. Is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. Cool. No. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) We have a uh, special guest joining us next episode. That guest is Joel Haver. I almost said Haver, but then I remembered it was pronounced Haver. I don't know why. Uh, Joel Haver, YouTuber, filmmaker, makes some really cool animations and stuff. They're going to be joining for the next episode. And awesome. their recommendation, it's Faces by John Cassavetes, 1968. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll be talking about that. And also, we will be discussing the new Matrix film. So if you want, if that sounds interesting to you, then maybe f- go listen to the next episode when it's out. You can listen to the episode early as it's edited by going to patreon.com slash sardonicast or sardonicast.com and signing up for premium $2 a month. Uh, you get these episodes as they're edited. Otherwise, they come out every two weeks. Yep. If you don't want to be spoiled for those movies, maybe watch them before the episode also. Bip. All right. Thank you for listening. Bip. <laughs> it was like Good. almost a burp. It, yes. was, it was not quite a burp. It was like... What was that? Was that was? Was <laughs> it was a bit. Something need, needed to come out. It came out anyway. So. <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, ka-chow. Yeah. Bye-bye. Skadoosh. Skadoosh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>